Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with Christina Curran, and she has really become a pretty good friend of mine. She's a medium. She's also with the Ghosties podcast. And guys, today we're going to talk about Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I am so excited. I called you, um, or actually I just texted you one day when I was just sitting down on, I think it was Hulu, watching The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. I think it was originally on the History Channel, and I was mesmerized. I really hadn't thought much about Skinwalker Ranch, but I love history, and the history of it is fascinating to me. So let's get into this. Can you tell me the the knowledge you know? Because I know on your podcast, you've covered this. So and then we can just kind of keep going. So what what do you know about this place? Well, I I should start by saying that uh, when my podcast co host and I did our episode on Skinwalker Ranch, it's kind of a running joke with us now. uh, Because we had to delete that episode from our podcast episodes. Um, Yeah, because we quite literally could not get the audio from corrupting. Really? I, we had, yeah, we had almost an hour long episode full of information about Skinwalker Ranch. We recorded it a grand total of three times. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And every time we went to publish the episode, it was like someone took 45 minutes of our episode, like the meat of the episode and just deleted it. It was just dead air. That is, that's insane. And you know what? I'm glad that hopefully you kept your notes because now you can talk about it on my podcast. I know. (laughs) That is crazy. Well, now going back to the ranch or Skinwalker Ranch, I know it's in Utah and I know it's about 512 acres of just desert pretty much and maybe a little mountainous area kind of thing. Yes. So it gets its name in Navajo culture. The indigenous gave a harmful witch um, in their culture the name of a skinwalker. Okay. And basically, this witch has the capability of shape-shifting into different animals, into different-looking people. Um, It just has the ability to take on whatever shape probably is most comfortable for you so that it can gain access to your space. Yikes. Yeah. And you know, this, this indigenous curse or whatever they call it, I, I think it's a curse that the Navajo put on the, is it the Ute tribes? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, from what I understand and just the, the little knowledge I do have of it, um, as far as this part, I guess the Utes were trying to be comrades to the people trying to settle um, in the area. And so the Navajo kind of put a little, they put a curse on the Ute and the, and the land they were on. Right. Yes. And still to date, from my understanding, there is a Ute uh, indigenous reservation very close to the ranch now. Right. Yeah. And I remember them, they had a shaman, a Ute shaman come in and they talked about it being some kind of vortex funnel or maybe some kind of, yeah, or portal, whatever you want to call it. But, and that's a whole other thing. So, okay. So that was like 200 years ago that this curse had been put on this, this ranch or this, this land. It wasn't a ranch back then, but weird things have always kind of happened there, like UFOs and crop circles. And they're talking about, they dig up bones of really huge humans. And I don't even know if that's folklore. I don't even know. So 
tell me more about what you know. So what I know about Skinwalker Ranch, and I was a lot like you uh, going into the research portion of this when we were preparing for our own episode. I had heard of it, but I didn't really know a ton about the ranch. Okay. But... Uh, usually I'll start my research by actually talking to my, my spirit guides. That's why I had you on. I had to have you on for that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll sit down with them and I'll ask them questions about things that I should know about the place that we're investigating. Um, and I do that before my research so that my research doesn't taint what they're going to tell me. Um, I don't want to, you know, put any sort of ideas in my head before I do my research. Right. But anyway, so I had them tell me about the ranch, and one of the first things they showed me was Hellyer, Kentucky, and Somerset, Kentucky. Wow. And they said that the land is very similar um, to these two places as it is in Skinwalker Ranch, specifically in terms of the caves that are close by to the ranch. Mm -hmm. Yes. In Somerset, Kentucky, it quite literally sits on the Penny Roll Plateau. And within the Penny Roll Plateau is a ton of quartz crystal. And they theorize that possibly people are having these religious experiences in Somerset as well as Hellier mm-hmm. because there's so much quartz within the Penny Roll Plateau as well as the Mammoth Cave systems. Well, and is quartz some kind of conjuring kind of thing where like like a limestone would be for spirit? Um, I think that quartz crystal is basically like a generator oh. of energy. Oh. Um Yes. So think of putting a generator underground that has the capability of refracting light. So there's a theory that perhaps it's causing some sort of hallucinations within the people of the community. Oh, like Mm -hmm. that they're seeing skinwalkers or that they're seeing these anomaly light beams in the air or in the night sky and or UFO kind of things. Okay. Mm hmm. So what was what I found similar when I started doing my own research was that Skinwalker Ranch actually sits on the Colorado Plateau. Okay. And there is a cave system quite literally underneath Skinwalker Ranch. So I started doing some research on what minerals are actually found within the Colorado Plateau as well as these cave systems. And two big minerals that we found that are within these places is uranium as well as lithium, like lithium that you find in lithium batteries. Oh, oh, yes. So when I talked to my guides about it, they said for us as humans to have uranium, it's like children running with scissors. They said we will never know how it works. We will never know how to use it properly because we used it as a weapon. To begin with, they said. So because of that, it will always carry a negative vibration with it. Mm, okay, that's From ever really knowing how to use it properly, basically. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. So what did they say about some of the other things? Are, are they real? Do they feel like the, the skinwalkers are real or more hallucinogenic? Like a curse kind of thing? Or do, did you even ask them those questions? I think Skinwalker Ranch is kind of like a smorgasbord of lots of different things going on. Yes. Yes. I think that from what my guides also told me, it sits on a fault line. Um, And they said that anywhere that sits on a fault line kind of has one foot in the physical world and one foot out of the physical world, kind of like halfway in spirit, halfway out of spirit. Um, It's like you're standing in between two different realities. And they said that places like this have more of, 
a predisposition to have like paranormal experiences, but also to have uh, like interdimensional type of entities. Oh, wow. So like, oh, so like even a Bigfoot could go in and out of the dimensions because I kind of feel like, yeah, okay. Because I feel, I kind of feel like he goes in and out. I mean, I, or she or whatever they are. Okay. Because there's all kinds of things these people see. They see, oh, and these cattle mutilations. What What's going on with that? There's no explanation for these cattle either totally being drained of blood or their cavities completely being like surgically removed, the entire insides of the animal or whatever else they do to these animals. Did they tell you anything about that? They did. So I, yeah. So I asked them about the cattle mutilation specifically um, and they showed me what looks like a gray alien um, in my mind's eye. And I think a lot of people have a lot of fear around aliens specifically for these very reasons. Um, But they associate them with, you know, being taken into a ship and being kidnapped, being prodded, you know, being used as an experiment. And what my guide said was, just like there are bad people in the world, as well as good people, they said there are good and bad races of aliens, if you want to look at it that way. And what they said was, is that there are good gray aliens that tend to gravitate towards this space and that they are tasked with basically looking after animals like cattle type of animals. They showed me them being basically like data collectors. And what they do is it's not really personal towards the animals from what they showed me. Mm -hmm. They're just there to collect biological data from those animals. So they take blood, they take organs, and they study those basically to see whether or not there's any sort of tweaking that they could do to help the animals, um, you know, in future line, basically. They're basically just scientists in their own right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense. It's just, you know, we have that connection with the animals. So when something like that happens, it's very scary because uh, those are our animals. (laughs) you're dealing with you know yeah and they also showed me that it's not just those you know little scientist gray aliens Mm -hmm. um they said there are also some interdimensional beings almost like cryptids that they showed me that actually also venture up into the ranch and will actually eat the animals for consumption just for energy so there seemed to be a couple different things going on there with the cattle mutilations okay yeah because one i think when i was watching one of the episodes they had seen one of the cows that had been mutilated and I think it was just drained of blood at that point. It, they'd seen it that morning. And it was absolutely fine. And then like literally three or four hours later, it was dead on the side, you know, by the fence and just yeah. just there uh, with no blood, but everything was intact. It looked like it just fell over and died, but there was no blood. Yeah. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. There was a story that we found while we were doing our research for our investigation where the owner of the ranch had been, you know, working on the ranch just like usual and happened to go to one of the sheds that was on the ranch. And during the course of the day, he had noticed that he was missing two cows. So he couldn't figure out where they were. And, you know, at this particular time, he decided to go into this shed to grab a tool. And when he opened the door to the shed, he found these two cows stacked on top of each other longwise. And it was like they were stunned. They weren't dead, but it was like they had been stunned by something. Because as soon as he tried to push the cow, it was like they woke up and you know, got off of being stacked on top of each other. That is insane. That is insane. What? Yeah. And they, he also said, you know, first of all, the cow couldn't walk into the door. The door was too small for the cow to walk into. 
and much less two cows to walk in there. So it was like somebody literally took the roof off of the shed, dropped the cows on top of each other, and then closed the roof and closed the door. Okay. Yeah, that's got that's got to be an alien kind of situation and I I do believe I do believe we're not alone here in the universe. So that's got to be an alien thing. It would have to be cuz how would you explain that? But yeah, and you know, going back to the history of this place, you know, 200 years ago, you know, indigenous curses, indigenous people's curses, that's not just fun and games. This stuff is real. Like that stuff is yeah. And it's scary to me for the people that are around that area because it sounds like it's not getting better. Oh, no. No, no, no. no. Uh Uh-uh. Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. And there's all this governmental, I guess a lot of the government came in and they did some experimentation. I don't know. Obviously, none of us know what it is. But they also went in, just like in this docuseries, to find out what's going on. And nobody really can find answers. They just never find answers. And that's why I was like, I'm going to ask Christina to come on my show because maybe her guides can tell us more. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, is it just because it's just a vortex, some kind of energy funnel, whatever it is? that's just pulling these entities in and out and it's just always going to be like this or I think also like one thing that I just heard them tell me is because they're habitually digging you know also on the ranch Mm -hmm. trying to find answers that also disrupts a lot of the earth energy that's there Um, and with it already being kind of full of electromagnetic energy more so in that space than another um, to go digging on that space is like remodeling a house in the middle of a haunting you know what I mean and continuously remodeling it that makes sense that makes sense well it's funny you say that because one of the guys on this docuseries he is like one of the ranch officers or something and he controls you know he helps do all the maintenance and all that stuff but he's also like one of the higher up guys and Mm -hmm. he was going to go in and do some digging because it was by the caves and it was over there and He'd start digging, and I think two or three hours in, he had a really bad headache, so bad that they had to take him to the emergency room. And his skull, they did an x-ray, and the skin on his skull was detaching from it. And they were saying that, yeah, and they were saying that was only a result of possible radiation would be the only thing that could do that. Ah, yeah. Mm And so then they said, no, you're not supposed to dig here. That's happened before with other people saying they're either they get sick or whatever it is. Well, then he did it again in this docuseries because before he hadn't done it, you know, since that time. And guess what? He got the same headache, went there again, and the same thing happened again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that ground is so charged with energy because it's sitting right on top of, if you want to look at it, both uranium and lithium. Yeah. So it's like it's sitting on top of this radioactive battery, you know? Right. And, you know, another thing that I noticed, too, when I was watching some of the YouTube videos, there's a guy that came on and he said, you know, this is just folklore. Take this with what you will. He goes, this could totally be photoshopped. But there's these two guys that had dug up a skeleton that was like almost the size of a dinosaur. It was so big, like a skeleton, like a human skeleton. And there's a theory that there were, you know, way back, however long ago, maybe during the prehistoric times, men, you know, in this area, they were like, they were giants, and the trees were supposedly huge as well. You know, therefore, some of those really big, you know how trees, when you cut them off, they, you know, they just look like little trunks, you know, coming up out of the ground, right? They're cut off. Well, then he compared the trees, the way the trees looked when they're like that, to those mountains that they have that are flat on top, but they literally look like trees. And he said what he read was that 
that was how big the trees went up to the skies. They went up to the clouds. That's how tall they were. And now I don't know if that's true. It's just interesting to me to get your take and to ask you what you think about that. It's interesting that they found giant skeletons there or that they found them there because they have also found them in Hellier as well as Somerset, Kentucky. Oh, really? Yeah, around those cave systems. My guides have told me that there were absolutely giants that walked the earth in prehistoric times. Um, They gave me the analogy, if you've ever heard the Bible story, like David and Goliath, they said there was a race of beings very similar to the Philistines that were in the Bible that were giants. Wow. They also showed me, you know, the sequoia trees in uh, California that are absolutely ginormous. And I've been there. Redwood Forest. I've never seen trees that you can drive through and it takes you a it takes you a good 15 seconds to get through it that's how big these trees are and how thick and cavernous these things are and they are enormous yes but they said that that forest is some of the few left forests that were present when these you know giant race of beings were present on the earth Wow. And, and you know, it's funny if we're, if we're finding them and it's true, you know, because you always want to take everything with a grain of salt. I don't know if this is true or not. You would think if it were scientists would probably know more than we do. If it's true, why don't we know more about them? So it does make you wonder, is this just a hoax or is it someone's illusion because you're on this kind of ground and you're going to think you found something that you really didn't, you know, it's kind of that thing. Yeah. I think a lot of it too has to do with I think our society in general is still very heavily controlled by religious dogma um, and stigma. Mm -hmm. And not to speak negatively about religion or organized religion at all. But I think that we still kind of operate in that system where, you know, it's a very church-based system. um, And anything that wasn't really discussed within the church, they don't really put a lot of validity to. You know, if that were to come out in the news, I think that it would really challenge a lot of people's beliefs um, and really make them start to critically think. And I think that's something that the powers that be don't want us to do. They don't want us to be critical thinkers. So, (laughs) well, you know, and and it's, you know, with this whole change in the whole world right now, uh, I think we're all critically thinking enough as it is. (laughs) Good and bad. Yeah. So I think we can only take one thing at a time, God. Okay. We can only do it once. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's funny because guys, Christina and I are pretty good friends now. And the other day I was talking to her and we were talking about near-death experiences and what happens when you go to the other side and how all these things. And I get all deep with her and I was like, hey, Christina, so... If we're here to learn, and I'm, I'm changing course here real quick, because I just wanted to talk to her real quick about this while I had her on air. Um, if we come into this world, as, you know, we're spirits, we're perfectly perfect up there with God, and we come down to learn. If we're perfect, how can we learn if we're perfect? But then you said, you come down here and you make your own decisions, whichever they are, right or wrong, that's when you start learning, but you have to make the mistakes to learn. Is that kind of how you got that? Yeah. From what my guides have told me, while we're on the other side, before we're born, Mm -hmm. we kind of make what they call a life chart, but we make a basic synopsis of what we're coming here to learn in our life. They said, you can think of it like our life here on earth is like a stage play. And before we come into this life, we write our script. We cast all the main characters in our play. Wow. We decide what their roles are going to be. And then we decide the main lessons that we want to learn from and with these people collectively. And so when we are born, they say that we pass through the veil of forgetfulness. Um, 
And when I asked them, why do we forget? And they said it wasn't and won't be a test if you already knew all of the answers. So it was very interesting to me and it made sense. They were like, you know, if you had an answer key to this life, then what do you learn? Right. So when you come into this life and you're born, you know, even though you were a perfect being, you have these lessons and these tasks that you're here to complete. And, you know, based on free will, that's when we start having all of this stuff kind of imposed on us, you know, through family values and relationships. The way I understand it is we have a higher self that kind of stays on the other side no matter what. And then does that self retain all of the information we get in all of our lives if we believe in reincarnation, which I do, the soul knows the answers, but maybe Leslie or whoever I'm in another life doesn't. And that's the knowledge I get. Okay. Okay. Right. They have always said that it would be super confusing for us to have all this knowledge from all these past lives that we were aware of and, you know, in our waking lives. Um, I think that we probably on a subconscious level pull from that knowledge um, from our subconscious and from our higher self, you know, in instances that we need to access that knowledge, but I don't know that we will ever be aware of it in a waking state. Right. And that's when hypnosis comes in because I've seen people that are hypnotized and they say, oh no, she knew this was going to happen. Oh, and this is where I was in another life. And this is what I needed. And this is what I learned. And this is what I came back as. So it's, it's like, you're right. It's like, you know, your higher self is still there. That's why people go, well, if they're reincarnated, how could I talk to them up in, you know, heaven or wherever? Well, it's because their higher self is still there, right? Their energy is still there. Yeah. It's, I think we, we just don't allow our brains or our minds to expand enough to go. It's not just the 3D world, guys. You got to look at it in a whole different way. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, okay. I like to think of our higher self as and the way our soul is composed. You could think of it like a diamond and say somebody takes a hammer to that diamond and gives it a good whack. That, that diamond's likely to break into a whole bunch of different pieces. Yes. That's the analogy that my guides have given me about our higher self and our soul. We're kind of split in all these different little pieces scattered across all these different dimensions and frequencies, still kind of having a learning experience. And we're kind of like this little fractal of God experiencing itself. That's exactly how Mary Helen Hensley explained it to me. She's like, we're a fractal of so many different pieces of the universe and ourselves. We're just, yeah, and, and we're experiencing it all at the same time, which I still can't wrap my head around as far as, because I know there's no time up there. So everything in the past is still happening now. And I'm like, what? I don't <laughs> I know. That's, that's the hardest thing. Time is the hardest thing for me to grasp. <laughs> me, too. me too. So back to Skinwalker Ranch. So what else, you know, kind of makes you go, okay, scratch your head. What else could it be? I mean, do you have any more information that maybe we didn't cover yet? So another thing that I found in my research of Skinwalker Ranch is that it sits on a place that has been a fracking destination since the 1960s. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, The land has been perforated by more than 8,000 gas wells, 2,000 oil wells. So it was interesting to find out that it had been kind of this site of fracking and has all of these different fossil fuels around there. Well, no wonder it's pissed off. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it makes sense, though. Think about it. It's like, okay, you guys quit digging. I'm going to make it a problem now when you do. You've already just destroyed it so much. And you've been doing all this stuff for what, since the 60s. So that's 50 some years. Yeah. 
So, no, I can understand that. But yeah, I had no idea there were over 8,000 frackings or whatever kind of water, oil. I think it can be natural gas. It can be anything. And it's probably on some kind of shale, you know, which has all of that. Okay. And that's that mountainous area. I noticed that when they were going into the caves in that docuseries, you know, they would lose their equilibrium. They would lose their, yeah. And they would actually lose time a little bit and go, wait a minute what am I, what am I doing? Why, wait, are we here? You know, it was like, all of a sudden they came out of this time warp that they went into and came out and just was like so disoriented. So, and that was crazy to me. Oh, and when they got up there, their compasses were going nuts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like a Bermuda Triangle up there. Yes. It's very interesting because throughout the world, there are these different places that kind of cause, you know, our instruments to do that, like the Bermuda Triangle. Mm -hmm. The Aokigara Forest in Japan is another one of those places that you can't use your compass, you know, reliably. It will send you in a completely opposite direction. We found with the Aokigara Forest, the last time Mount Fuji erupted, it coated that forest in lava and ash. Um, So there's a theory that because there's such a thick amount of old lava, that it's implanted all that iron and those minerals within the soil, causing that to, you know, cause this distortion in our compasses and things like that. So with uranium and the soil being so charged in Skinwalker Ranch, I mean, I'm surprised they get anything to work on that. I know, I know. That's the thing. And but let me ask you this. Why do you think these kinds of places exist? Is it so that cryptids or other interdimensional beings and or UFOs or whomever can get energy, can move around freely, or is it just an anomaly? Is it just something we don't really understand? I think it's a couple of different things. I think first, it's an invitation for us to learn. Um, I think that people kind of get stuck in this cycle of fear in terms of these, you know, paranormal events, Mm -hmm. and they just view it as being scary. But really, it's an invitation for us to learn more. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think first, it's an invitation to learn. Uh, Second, I think it's a weak spot in the veil you know, here with that fault line. So it's a place where these interdimensional beings can kind of go in and out like an energetic outpost. Right. It's just so interesting to me and fascinating that these kinds of places exist, even over the Bermuda Triangle, they still quite haven't figured that out. You know, they they don't really know exactly why that happens. And it, it might just be that a weird gravitational pull. Some people think it might be the old ancient Atlantis over there. Um, As far as I know, I think that, I don't know if that was a real place or not. I think it was from what I've heard from other psychics, but I've seen someone who I think she's on YouTube as well. She's a hypnotist and there have been people she's hypnotized and they talk about having a past life in Atlantis. And it was a very, yeah, and it was a long time ago, of course, but it was very advanced. I mean, like way more advanced than even we are now. Oh, for sure. We did an episode on the Bermuda Triangle, and probably one of the coolest things that my guides told me about that was at the seat of the Bermuda Triangle, close to Bimini, they showed me what looks like a glass pyramid underwater. Oh, my God. And there is a crystal at the top of that pyramid broken, and they said that this is where Atlantis used to be. They said that when Atlantis sank, it was kind of off the coast of Africa. And just by the way the ocean and the currents move, it's kind of carried the rubble of that civilization close to Bimini. Um, But they said this crystal in this pyramid was used for time travel and to be able to send like ships to different areas of the galaxy, almost like a 
beam me up Scotty yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Like into the black holes. It's a, that's like a time warp. So they can just go straight to the other side of the universe. But let me ask you this. Do your guides know why there was a fall of Atlantis? What happened to them? Were they just so advanced? They just kind of destroyed themselves. I mean, oh, I, I'm yes. curious. Oh, oh. So okay. Basically what happened was they said that Atlantis fell because they had such advanced technology that they were misusing. Oh. What they showed me was they started messing around with anti-gravity and dark matter, trying to create their own universe. And they said that the powers that be on the other side, kind of, yeah, Yeah. they they operate under this rule of non-interference, very similar to Star Trek. (laughs) But they said that because of free will, they can't interfere with what's going on here. But they said basically that they started messing around with this dark matter Uh, messing around with anti-gravity, trying to create their own universe. And when they saw that they were doing this, they knew that they could destroy the entire Earth. And possibly that caused, you know, consequences to neighboring galaxies. So they said when they saw that, they had to destroy Atlantis. So they sent it into the ocean. So was there like just big earthquake? Do you know what happened to them? That's what they showed me. They showed me some sort of earthquake that kind of swallowed the land up. Wow. Now, how big was Atlantis? Was it like, you know, a country? Was it a continent? What What was it? I think it was just a little small country. Okay. Um, I think it was neighbored by Lemuria at the time. Oh, okay. And, Lem- okay, I've heard of and that. Lemuria fell probably shortly after that, um, wow. from what they told me. Did they, yeah. have, did they have a time frame? You know, it was before ancient Egypt, before the pyramids oh were built. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, because they said that the people that migrated that actually survived Atlantis migrated into ancient Egypt and were some of the ones that helped build the pyramids. Well, that makes sense. It all came yes. from, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's incredible. I love that you can talk to them and they, and what I love guys about Christina, she is such a good explainer of things and, and she can explain things that I can't find the, the correct words to do it with because, you know, she talks to them all the time and they know how to make us all understand. And it, well, at least in my tiny little brain, if nothing else. So, but no, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's just, it's nice to be able to just connect with them and say, you know, I know they, they may not have all the answers because they're just guides. They're not God, but they can certainly, and there's probably some things they can't tell us. But I think when we ask questions about this kind of stuff, the history, I think they're happy to tell us what's going on. Oh, absolutely. They've told me many times, this is lost knowledge that has been lost for forever, you know, for many different generations. So they're more than happy to talk about this stuff. They want us to know about it. Exactly. And, you know, let's be honest, there's a lot of things that I talk about on my podcast that, you know, goes against what people believe. And I totally understand that. And I appreciate it. And I respect anybody feeling that way. I'm not here to influence or not influence you. I'm just putting it out there because I'm not in that closed box. I'm in an open box to where I want to understand even more than I can, uh, no matter who I talk to or, or what I discover, I try to have an open mind. There are some things that I think is probably a little bit more caca than other things, um, but right. not everything. I think there's a lot of things we just can't explain in this world. And when I have somebody that can talk to our guides and they can explain it, you better believe I'm going to ask the questions. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And that's the thing. I mean, that totally makes sense about the people that came from Atlantis and maybe reincarnated or whatever, and then they had the knowledge to build the pyramids or a Lemuria or whatever. Um, did they reincarnate or were they, what happened with that? Uh, I don't think that they reincarnated. I think that they, 
from the little bit that I understand from my guides, there were some survivors of Atlantis oh, that were survivors. able okay. to migrate into this area. I mm-hmm. see. Okay. See, that totally makes sense, though. Wow. When we did our, our episode on the Great Pyramids of Giza, I found this article from someone who talked about how it couldn't have been just the Israelite slaves that created the pyramids. They said it, it just isn't humanly possible to do it. They said that every piece of limestone in the Great Pyramids weighed over a ton. Okay. Right. They said it took, on average, they theorized it took about 27 years to build all three of the pyramids. And so they said crazy. for that to happen, yes. they would have to be laying each one of these stones, each one of these ton, you know, limestones. They, they would have to be laying one every 45 seconds for a solid 27 years in order to have built those structures. And I just, so they, yeah. they couldn't have done it. Wow. And you so, just wonder, you know, if they, if they had the knowledge, did they build machines for this kind of thing? I think it was a two-part thing. I think from what my guides showed me, they had a machine that had some sort of anti-gravity capability on it. Um, they showed me it had like this rod that would project a beam onto the rock that would move it to where they projected it to go. Now, how did that not scare the indigenous people there, though? How did that not make them all frightened? I think that when they saw that, that's why they created, you know, Egyptian gods and deities, because they thought that these people with these capabilities were really gods, when really they were just people that had evolved, you know, their consciousness to a certain level. And granted, I think some of them probably were extraterrestrials that visited them um, and not actually physical human beings. Totally makes sense. Wow. Okay. See, that's just so interesting to me. And I don't think that there's anybody on like the History Channel or whatever that specifically talk about this. I'm not saying they don't talk about, oh, it had to have been helped with the aliens or whatever, but talking about people from Atlantis um, maybe migrating there and, and surviving the fall of Atlantis. I don't think I've ever heard that. That's that's incredible. And because we know that if it did exist, and you say they did, they had such technology, it was almost scary. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And I think that's another reason why a lot of the knowledge from Atlantis was lost. Because, I mean, this was knowledge that probably our government has to a certain degree now. Mm-hmm. Um but from my understanding from my guides, again, this would cause a lot of critical thinking in our in our consciousness and in the population at hand. If we were to tell them, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, the pyramids weren't built by the Israelites like the Bible says. It was built because of this, you know, because they had a technology that could move these stones. That would challenge a lot of people's beliefs. It really would. And the thing is, the fact that they could do it, it's almost like, let me show off and show you what we can do so we can just screw with everybody's minds, even into the 21st right. century. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I think so often people forget that we are creator beings. We're very powerful. You know, even Jesus said in the Bible, you'll do everything that I've done and more. So we yeah. limit ourselves in terms of what we believe we can and can't do. Could we move rocks with our mind right now? I think absolutely. It's just a matter of focusing and concentrating and believing you can. That's incredible. See, and that's why I had you on because you totally explain things so well. I just, I just adore you and I know you have to go, but um, guys, listen, Christina, I'm going to have her tell me all of her information on how to get a hold of her, but she's with the Ghosties podcast. You can tell everybody where to find you. Let's just go from there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you can find us at the Ghosties podcast. We have a link tree that I will definitely give to uh, Leslie. I'm sure she probably already has it, but 
you can find me on TikTok. Um, I, my handle is Christina the Medium. Our podcast, The Ghosties Podcast, is streaming on all major platforms. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and many others. And Christina, you also, you do readings for people too. What can people expect when you do a reading for them? So I do mediumship readings as well as tarot card readings for people. Um, And in tarot card readings, I just do a general reading for you, you know, to see if there's any sort of themes that are coming up, things that are coming up in your immediate future. We can also use that as a divination tool to ask yes or no questions that you have that are very specific. And then in mediumship readings, I connect with your family members on the other side that have passed to get messages for you to help you heal. Fantastic. And you're so good at it. And I just wanted my listeners to know um, how to get a hold of you. And guys, I'll put all of her information in my show notes as usual. She does have a link tree now. I think I helped her. Uh, made uh, well I didn't help you but I certainly uh, encouraged you to get one because the last time you were on I was like you have to get a link tree so anyway yeah right so no Christine you as usual you have been fantastic and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today and I'm gonna have to have you back on you're just gonna be a standby for me just that's just the way it's gonna be awesome (laughs) I am totally down I love being featured on your show (laughs) well thank you so much for coming today thank you so much for having me (laughs) Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.